All right. Welcome. Well, you've been here all the time, most of you. So uh, you can take your Bibles and turn to uh, Matthew 18. And today we will be in chapter 18 and verse 15 through the rest of the chapter. Uh, we'll continue. We'll continue what Jesus uh, talked about last time, when the disciples came and talked to Jesus about who was the greatest. And then he confronted their pride and maybe their overestimation of their view in their own eyes. And then they asked him. He asked them to be humble. Um and not be a cause of sin for others. And also how, how bad that was if we were to cause other people to sin. And he talked about how God is the one who don't look for people to, to uh, be cast away to damnation, but that he goes after people so that he doesn't have a disposition to want to, um, what's it called? to want to cast people away but to save and then uh, <laughs> Peter again is a good illustration here he, he helps us out many times to ask the questions that sometimes we are thinking and so he will help us today as well with a question of like how much am I really supposed to forgive um, but we'll get there we will read first and then I will share more. Um, this is a little bit strange to see, uh, not to see, but to say. Um, this sermon is very important for a fellowship. Because if you read the, uh, the pledge, this passage will be referenced as how we settled conflicts. And so it's, this is, I mean, you should always pay attention, but this is very practical in the way we act as a fellowship and how we do things. So it's really, it's really important and it's really encouraging and it's really going to ask you to be courageous and to love one another well with the chance that we will grow up as a body into Christ who is the head. This is a challenge and encouragement to us so let us read. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, have gained a brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell, oh, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him to be as you a Gentile and tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I say to you, if one, no, if two of you agree on earth on anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Then Peter comes. <laughs> then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, like, settle one, of, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and that all that he had and, ma- and pay- payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him his debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down and pleaded with him, Has patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he could pay this debt. Then his fellow servants saw what had taken place. They were greatly distressed and went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. So here we have a, a couple of parts. We have the first part where it's often called about how do we, oh, that's the, sorry, I, I was out of sync there. I thought I had it, had to mark it marked down. Um, so we have these two parts and this is a very important part to handle disputes in the church. Because this can be done in many wrong ways, but Jesus outlines the right way. So if we, and then uh, some people, interestingly enough, people would say that against you is added later. That means if we see 
any of our fellow brothers or sisters going astray into sin, we have a responsibility because we love them to confront them and say, you're going the wrong way. Now, this is, and this is them because I had a conversation with somebody uh, at a recent conference. He said, this is very difficult for some cultures because they, they are non-confrontational. So instead it becomes people don't talk with people, they talk about people. And I want to I wanna plead with you and with us. Let us be a place where we talk to people, not about people. And I was disputed that this has nothing to do with culture. This is Jesus outlining the right way to diffuse conflict and to restore us to one another. We're an international fellowship. We can offend one another without even knowing because we come from tons of different places. And so what I grew up with could be offensive to you, but I don't know that if you don't tell me. And so in this, and it takes a lot because it's everything else than I guess social media is like okay it's it takes it takes everything in us to be like Jesus to be the one who's willing to be misunderstood to be the one that loves the other person enough to tell them you did something wrong why is that a risk because we can be rejected but I would still argue that 99% of all conflict in churches should end this way and never escalate. Now the problem sometimes is churches is that it's not done the right way and it becomes a talking about people and then we're already off the train tracks because who do we love most then? Myself because I'm not willing to go to the person and tell them how I feel. But I'll tell everybody else. That's gossip, and it's super. Something that destroys, like it's like taking the hammer to the foot and just hammering it, if we're talking about uh, the metaphor of the body. So, because how blessed is the verse, you know, like, listen, if your brother sins against you or sins, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, he's gained your brother. Praise the Lord. It's over. We've grown. We've grown in our relationship with each other. We've grown in relationship with Jesus. Because what happens there? We are, we are glorifying God because in this, in this exchange, the other person says, you, you know, you're right. Can you forgive me? And you say, yes, I can forgive you. And the gospel is displayed. We have glorified God even in somebody's sin. Jesus is glorified. Don't go on and sin more. That's not the point. There's plenty of sin, so we don't need to do more. But even it there, Jesus is glorified because there's a picture of Jesus' redemption when we forgive one another. But it takes us becoming like Jesus. Becoming the lowest, like last week. 
risking rejection because I love you and I want you to continue to walk closer with Jesus. And I honor, I honor God, I honor you, I honor the fellowship because I want you to be restored to Jesus so you can walk with us. But I mean, it doesn't always go that way, unfortunately. But 99% of the time, I do believe that is where it is. And so, short notice, don't come and tell me if somebody did something wrong. Please don't. It's your responsibility. Because my hands are tied. You shouldn't even have told me. If somebody did something, you, you need to go to them. Now the brilliance of this is that we have this here. This is part of what we did because we had some instances when we confronted people and said, you can't tell me what to do. That's also why we have this. Because anyone you confront can't tell you, you can't tell me what to do. Uh, Yes, I can because Jesus told me I can. And because if you remember, you signed this. It means you're accountable. So that's a safety net for us. That we can go in love and confront someone with the, with the purpose of always restoring. This is what we hope happens every time. We're never out to get one another. We're out to restore one another. A faithful brother did this, a faithful brother did this to me once. I had said something I shouldn't have confronts me and say hey you did that I was like I know I'm sorry can you forgive me yes I can alright let's move on that person is one of the persons that loved me the best because they confronted me with what I did wrong it's very loving to do that especially when we have love for one another and we want the best for one another. That we're not, a, we're not a people going around with like a loop and trying to find faults. No, 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 no. We go to one another when we can see there's something wrong. And I can just say, I've been part of different churches. I haven't really. I've been part of this one and then the Danish one. But growing up in the Danish one, I saw people doing many things that were stupid and they should have never done that and you know what I didn't love them I just said I don't care and I didn't confront them the most loving thing to do is always to like hey man like you're saying you're a believer and so this this behavior is not really aligning with that but I was just like you know what I don't care I don't love that person enough that I will do that. I'll preserve myself and not do it. I'll just ask if you part of our fellowship don't do that. Love one another enough to do this. And I know it's so different. It's a, I know in, in our minds we think, no, 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 this is so terrible. No, it is the most loving thing we can do to one another. Because a brother or sister never comes up and kicks you in the, kicks you and says, you're such, a, you're such a moron. No, they will humbly come and say, you know what you said or what you did really hurt me and so it's with a humility and a wanting to restore 
not out to get people and to to do other things. So it's a call to be like Jesus, be the lowest, to ca- a call to, to love one another so much that we actually care. And just know if you sign the pledge, this is what you are expected to do and this is what you expect somebody to do to you. This is a matter of accountability, so we will walk together in accountability with one another. There's many things of not to do. We talked about that. Don't talk about the other people. Don't talk behind people. Talk with people. Don't tell everybody else what happened. Why? Because it's none of everybody else's business. If you can restore it one-on-one, then that's plenty. Jesus does go and explain the second step and and this is where we actually we really want I think the intention of Jesus also is that we want we can sell it the first time because even on the second time it gets more it gets it's it gets more official it gets more more people start getting involved and so Jesus talks about okay if the person doesn't recognize it and and don't want to repent then you don't gather like a hundred people and overwhelm the person you, you take one or two more persons and this, some of this uh, sounds like echoes from the Old Testament law that now this transgression is now being witnessed by people and the transgression of unrepentance will be witnessed by other people that it's not just me saying that well you know hands he doesn't want to repent um, there's a figurative name but but now then I take another friend and we go and we talk and say to him please repent of what you've done and then the hand says okay great then we have hands is back this is fantastic um, but it was better if it would have happened just in the beginning then the other people didn't have to get involved now the thing is that it can escalate even more if hands or somebody else refuses then to listen to the to the witnesses that come then the witnesses will say okay we have heard this and then this person the matter and the person will be brought before the, ch- the assembly later the church and then if he if the person even refuses to repent when the whole whole body is saying stop hammering your foot or it hurts us all and the person says I don't care then it is a severe consequence most of us will be "Ah, it's not a severe consequence no it is because in this time the body of believers is everything people have that's all the social structure they have so church split discipline this time doesn't mean you can just pick another church and go to this means the whole structure of who they worship with, with will be removed. And the persons will be asked to leave and they will be treated like they are not believers. 
The good thing about that is then you can say you can share the gospel with them again. But they are counted like they don't believe. So this is very severe. severe. So in our fellowship, we were like, and Jesus say, please solve it, the first one, where it's one-on-one. It's not a big thing. It's not blown up to this thing. You've not created fractions of like, I am on this side and I'm on this side. No, no. Have the gospel be preached in how you love one another because you're low enough to say, to, be, to risk, to be rejected that someone can come and confront you because they love you enough to tell you you did something wrong. And then you can see the beautiful picture of restoration as you're asking for forgiveness, the person sharing forgiveness that comes from Jesus, we see Jesus being glorified in the resolving of, of the conflict. So don't never go to the two other places before the first one is done. And everything... and. So in in our family, we we um, or I don't like the thing. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean anything. Can you forgive me? That means something. When you say I'm sorry, I can't forgive. It doesn't. It's not. It's not an invitation to forgiveness. But can you forgive me? It means you take responsibility for what you've done wrong, and I can share the gospel with you now. Because I can say, I forgive you because of what Jesus has done. So it's, when we do these things, we're sharing to our children and one another the gospel. Jesus is being glorified. The message on TV and social media when people come out because they're caught and have to apologize to the sponsors and to everybody just like, I'm sorry I did this. They're not really sorry. They're sorry they got caught. The attitude of our heart can be very different when we say, I am sorry, can you forgive me? It shows something very different. And if we have a loving community where when somebody confronts us, we know they already love us. I do believe it's possible to create this strong growing community of love where we actually mature because we care for one another and the the body will grow up into Christ who is the head it will not if we keep quiet because we will stay in a mature and we won't love as much as we could have Oh, I've said all these things, so we'll just keep going. <laughs> Note on church discipline, wherever you come from, some people have had this happen not in the right way, where it's about shame, about um, exposing people, about kicking people out. As we write, if we're a loving community, and if Jesus is saying what he's saying, we're always trying to reconcile to people because that's what God's trying to do with us. 
So the goal is restoration, not shame, pain, and condemnation. Those were the things that Jesus died for so that we can actually be set free from. The, as you're reading the passage also, when it becomes more formal, when it's not just one-on-one, -on -one, when it becomes two and three that are, that are there, then it's, then it's a formal accusation. And that's when, Jesus, that's when Jesus says that God is with them. And so if you've been scratching your head, be like, I thought God was omnipresent. I thought he was everywhere. Well, he is, but this is talking about, um, this is talking about church discipline. So we can't do church, places, church discipline on our own. There has to be witnesses. So this is why he's talking about it. It's a famous quote that we, we quote when we are only a few people at, at something. It's like, oh, God is with us. Yeah, but he's always with you. Uh, he's everywhere. So he's not, also if you pray at home or read the Bible at home, we believe he's there. You, we don't have to be two or three. Uh, Jesus is always with, he is, he is with us. then it's so good <clears throat> because if we're still a little bit confused then it's so good we have Peter it's so good that Jesus picked Peter as the disciple because he 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 um, <laughs> he always exhibits these uh, questions that maybe we have and also just in this verse uh, this is what Jesus did to Peter in 16 where he says whatever you bind on heaven whatever Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in heaven. So this is the, this is the author, authority, authority to confront, authority to do church discipline is given by Jesus for the good of everyone. And this is now, um, um, what is, this is now extended to all of the disciples, not just Peter. But then Peter, he comes up <coughs> and he talks to Jesus and he says, you know, <coughs> You know, uh, there's some people in my life, you know, um, that they, um, you know, I mean, I've forgiven people pretty much, I think. Uh, you know, there's some people, I don't know, people in my family, people in my town. Uh, and so Peter gives this uh, big offering. Uh, and say, so should I, you know, should I forgive people seven times? And so seven times is a lot because a lot of the rabbis of this people would say that you have to forgive two or three times. So, so we have to give it to Peter here that he's generous. But he hasn't really understood. And so that's why Jesus goes on to tell this story about also called the story about the wicked servant. <laughs> so it's not a real person. Uh, maybe it's you or me, but uh, he tells this story. Um, it's a poignant story that will expose all of our hearts when we harbor unforgiveness. So Jesus says, um, well, Jesus responds with, you don't have to forgive seven times but 77 or 400 does a little bit whether it's 77 or seven, 7 times 7 it's a lot and it means infinity there is no limit to how much you forgive so Jesus comes up with this astronomical 
um, figure in the next part. Oh, no, I, I forgot all of these. But I forgot all my good quotes. We'll get to them later then. But, um, so, so this is the, oh, one more back there, too. So he tells the story about a king who has to settle accounts with his, uh, with his uh, servants. And so this first servant has, it, it, it is, it's funny because it, when you read commentaries, the, the amounts get bigger and bigger over time. Because <laughs> it's like, because it depends on what, how much uh, a talent of gold is worth. So now it's like insane amount of number. So it's, today it's about 150,000 daily wages. No. Ye- 150,000 years of daily wages. So it's it's an astronomical number. So smart people are saying this is to shock people that this depth is unpayable. There's no way this person can pay. So it doesn't matter how many days of wages it is. This depth depth is unpayable. This is you can't pay this depth. This is impossible. That's how large the depth is. And so it's interesting to see how the king responds and interesting to see how the servant responds. So the servant, well, the king orders the man come in. He has these huge, unpayable debts. And first the king says, okay, I mean, we're going to do what we normally do. You and your family will be sold uh, and you'll go to prison and then you can work there until forever because you're never going to get out of this debt. Then the then the, the, the servant really optimistically uh, or employing him falls on his knees and says, just have patience with me, I'll pay you everything. And this is, this is impossible. The words are, don't make sense. This is impossible. And I, however he got into this much depth, is, I don't know, he must have embezzled some, a lot, like a whole country's worth of money. But then we see the heart of the king he has pity for him. And he releases him from prison. And not only that, he forgives him. Every, he, forgives him he forgives him this unpayable debt. Wow. How do you think he felt? He didn't go to prison. His, uh, his wife and children weren't sold. He had, didn't have to spend eternity in prison. And wow, you know, like, what grace, what mercy. But, so the guy, of course, would be, like, thankful, full of joy and peace, and, like, he just would tell everybody about the master of how amazing he is. But that doesn't happen, does it? No, he gets right out from there. See a fellow servant who owes him like nothing, nothing compared to what he owes. But his heart has not been changed, so he attacks the guy, grabs him by his throat, and say, pay what you owe. And then, you know, then you think, well, you know, he will be reasonable, you know, when the other guy will plead with him, he will remember how he was forgiven, how he was set free. But that didn't happen as the other guy is pleading with him, he doesn't care. He takes him and throws him in jail. 
and has everything of his stuff sold until he can pay the debt. At this point, we might be like, ooh, man. It's like when, now there's a reference to the Old Testament, it's like when, when, um, when David has uh, committed adultery with somebody and Nathan, and Nathan comes in and talks about the sheep and it's like, and then David goes like, this man should die. Okay, well let's just see what happens. Because this is seen by the fellow servants and they're like, what? This guy had eternal debt forgiven and now he's choking the other guy and putting him in prison for owing him almost nothing. So they go and they go and tell the king. The king's not the king's not happy. He calls in the guy again and says, like, "What in the world are you doing? I gave I forgave you an unpayable debt because you pleaded with me." And then he calls him the wicked servant. I forgave you a debt because you pleaded me. You sh- you should have done the same for the other guy just that I had mercy on you. In the king's anger, he delivers the wicked servant to the jails until all his debts are paid. That's forever. And then the conclusion to Peter and us is, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. So we can be, oh man, that wicked servant. Yeah, but this story goes to Peter and to us. Every time we harbor unforgiveness against one another, Jesus has just, he's just laid out the way we confront one another in love. Peter says, I think you know, maybe that's too much. And Jesus says, no, it's not. Because if you don't understand how much you've been forgiven, I'm doubting whether you understand who I am at all. And so he presses and says, if you don't forgive, and we have in the, around the Lord's Prayer, well, if you are not, if we... <laughs> If we are stuck in harbor unforgiveness, this is the question we have to ask. Have I really understood who Jesus is? Because he forgave me an un, an unpayable etern, internal depths. How can I then harbor unforgiveness to someone who owes me so very little? Probably more about my pride than anything. So we're confronted again with ourselves, a view of who God is and a view of who we are have we really in the depths of us understood that we've been forgiven by the mercy of God? Jesus explains to us that God the Father expects us to forgive one another. Not just, I forgive you. 
no, from the whole being of who we are, we are to forgive one another from the heart. Because we have misunderstood so much that we have had an eternal, huge, unpayable debt forgiven, then we can forgive one another as well. And we can forgive no number of times but the times that we are asked to forgive. Because we have rebelled against God, wanted to be our own God, living for our own king, kingdom instead of living for the king. But then the summation, sum, summing part of both things is the things I've already said, is that the good news that even conflict can glorify Jesus. If conflict is done well, Jesus will be glorified because we can extend forgiveness to one another and that will glorify God. So the good news is the gospel that we've been trying to share all night. <laughs> trying to like, please consider Jesus. Please be steeped in the gospel of who Jesus is. That Jesus can forgive sin by his life and his death, his resurrection, and he's coming back. That's the offer. That's the offer of Jesus. But when we receive this, there's also received that there's also a warning. The warning is you cannot say you believe this and then not live it out. Because then we show in our hearts that we have not understood. Because we cannot claim God's forgiveness covering us and then telling people, I don't need to forgive you. So the gospel is understanding that if I have been forgiven, I can extend that to others also. So that's what Jesus is encouraging us today, that, hey, you are a body of believers. He says to Jesus, love one another. Be the lowest. Be the one who initiates um, initiates reconciliation be a body that loves one another so much that you care if somebody stumbles and falls or falls into sin why because I loved you so much that I stepped out of heaven lived the perfect life and died so your sin and all other things was put on me so that you can be clear and you can have forgiveness. That's what I'm asking you to show to one another. That's why you can forgive one another from the heart. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we <laughs> thank you for this wonderful evening together and we're just getting started Bless the time we have with the meal as well. But Lord, as we're considering these things, as we have been worshiping you with all of who we are from the beginning, despite whatever we came in with, frustrations or, or distractions or anything, Lord, thank you we have been able to even come to you because you came to us. Out of your love and your grace and mercy, you come 
to save us. Lord, help us to understand that so much that when <laughs> that we would actually start loving each other that well, as well as we can, to see reconciliation, to see forgiveness, to see the joy of people's salvation, Lord. And I just pray if anybody here just open their eyes to see the glory and beauty of what you've done and enlarge in our hearts to love one another as you have loved us that we and we are asking this that we will grow in love for you one another and Lord we will grow in maturity into who you are as the head Jesus Lord, we can't do it on our own. We have to, you have to open up our eyes and I ask that you, Holy Spirit, fill each of us now that we're reminded about what you have taught us, Jesus. Not just right now, as we go this week. Just being like, smiling and being like, yes, Jesus, you forgave me, yes. Help us to be full of the joy of who you are and your salvation. Bless each person as we go through the week as well. Help us to help one another when we're struggling. Help us to encourage one another. Help us to live out the gospel so you're glorified even in our failures and in our restoration to one another and to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As as uh, other times, I forget to say it sometimes, but if you need to talk to someone, you need, if you need to pray with someone, there are people that are willing to do that, so just don't rush away. But then come and say, "Hey, I would really like you to, to pray with me." Had is here, lead there, Myers. There's different people around, or just be bold and ask, "Hey, can you pray with me if you're sitting with someone?" Um, well, too bad you don't get all the good quotes, but you can maybe another time. <laughs> but um, you may stand up, and we'll have the benediction together. says the writer of Hebrews reading uh, not reading he's writing to encourage the people now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead O Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever Amen don't run away because Tatiana has made soup for us. So come and enjoy that together. Uh, also, if you did not share your story, there's only one week left. So uh, I'll be sitting in there somewhere. So come and tell your story to me or some other people. So.